Maximize Business Value podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their business on their terms. Our mission was born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Now, here's your host, CEO of Mastery Partners, Tom Bronson. Hi, this is Tom Bronson, and welcome to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business owners who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in your business. In this episode, we're going to welcome our guest, Tamara Jones. Tamara is a partner with B2B CFO, a consulting practice that provides fractional CFO support and strategic planning for their clients. Now, Tamara and I are both members of Vistage in a trusted advisor group here in the DFW area. I've gotten to know her quite well, and I've heard her speak on the topic of key performance indicators or KPIs, and I've been wanting to get her on this podcast and share her knowledge with you for some time. So I'm so glad that we finally made this happen. This is such an important podcast. And as I shared with Tamara, I can't believe we made it all the way to the 101st episode without talking about KPIs. Trust me, you're going to be happy that we uh, added this to our podcast. Welcome to Maximize Business Value, Tamara. Thank you, Tom. It's such a privilege to be here with you today and to be number 101 with you. Um, I'm happy to talk about a topic I'm very passionate about, which is key performance indicators. I'm so you, we've got the fount of knowledge here. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna un, unpack that a little bit for our clients. So before we get started in that, tell us you're with B2B CFO. You're a partner here in DFW. Tell us a little bit about B2B CFO. So B2B CFO is a nationwide firm of about 150 partners. Each partner has over 25 years of experience. Um, and our goal is to help privately owned businesses, and specifically the business owners, achieve their goals, whatever those goals might be for them. That's brilliant. You know, so many times business owners need that. So it's not just the kind of the CFO type of financial consulting. It may lead to other things to help them achieve their goals is what I'm hearing. That's exactly right. The strategic financial voice and partner that they, they need and maybe haven't didn't know that they needed or can't afford on a full-time basis. Yeah, you know, so many times there's confusion between uh kind of finance and accounting. And uh, your former partner, um, Craig Beck, was on a podcast that actually explained the difference between finance and accounting. Accounting looks backward, finance looks forward, uh, to simplify it. Uh, And so that's really what B2B CFO does is helps their clients look forward and is much more of a of a trusted uh, advisor when it comes to strategic planning. I I know lots of B2B CFO folks here in town. What's your background and why did you join B2B CFO? So I have over 30 years experience um, in financial roles, but also in a CEO capacity. And um, as I was looking for my next chapter, I discovered B2B CFO and what I really like about them and Uh, The reason why I joined B2B CFO is it allows our partners the flexibility to enter into engagements with our clients 
on a unique level. Each business and each business owner is unique and we get to customize our services to fit their needs. Um, So when I learned about them and I have a passion for helping people and I have talent relative to strategy and finances, I said, this is for me. Perfect. That's perfect. Now, if I recall, and hopefully I'm not stepping out of school here, you were with B2B CFO, but then you went to work for one of your clients and then you came back to B2B CFO, right? That is exactly right. I had a client that needed more support um, and somebody to help full time. So I did put my practice in an inactive status for a period of time and helped them um, achieve their goals at, at at a higher level, I guess and was fortunate enough to receive a Dallas Business Journal Award for that work. So um, very, very proud of that work and happy to be back at B2B CFO now. Well, it speaks volumes about B2B CFO if after you worked with them and then went to work for a client, you wanted to come back. So uh, so that speaks uh, volumes about them. Well, let's talk about KPIs, something that you're passionate about as well as I am. KPIs, key performance uh, indicators, metrics, uh, some people call them. Let's start with the basics. What are key performance indicators? So key performance indicators are really the uh, scorecard you might hear a lot of companies use that help measure the success against your goals. Um, I think you've always heard that what what gets um, measured gets done. Um, Think about KPIs that way. What drives your business? Um, So you you think about the traditional goal is I want to make this much money in net income, but there's many, many more KPIs that drive you to that result. Yeah, I I put another way, you know, what gets measured gets done. Um, I've always said that if you can't measure it, then you can't manage it. Right. So if yep. something that you can't measure, you can't put a value on, then how do you measure improvement uh, if you think of it that way? So I know that our listeners may have heard that there are kind of two primary types of metrics or KPIs, leading and lagging. So what is the difference between these two KPIs? So I'll start with the lagging because that really is the result of the efforts. Um, So the earlier example of net income or you might be measuring EBITDA or sales growth or things of that nature. Those are really lagging metrics that tell you how you performed against your goal. Leading is those activities that help you achieve those goals. So in a sales example, it might be the number of um, sales calls being made, the number of presentations that you might make. Um, From a production standpoint, it'll be production capacity or production error rate, things that are going to be indicate how you're going to end a month or a week or a quarter. Um, Just as important as lagging, but leading um, helps you course correct during a period of time as well. So if you know you don't have enough sales calls, for example, in the beginning of the month, you can ramp that up at the end of the month to, to get to a better result. It's like, it's like, it almost sounds like that it's the comparison between accounting and finance, right? So lagging indicators are a function of accounting, right? Because yes. all accounting does is reports. It's a history book, right? This yep. is what 
happened. Uh, and finance being the forward looking. So leading indicators would be uh, uh, helping you predict what's going to happen in the future. Have I got that nailed down pretty well? That, that is exactly right. And one of the things that I like to do with my clients is not just calculate the point in time measurement. I help them get into the habit of forecasting their KPIs. Um, and that way they get ahead of issues as they look a month out, a quarter out. Um, so I, I think that's a great discipline that businesses should put in place in addition to the point in time measurement. Well, you've given us some great examples. So, so uh, lagging indicators might be net profit, you know, revenue, maybe recurring revenue, um, you know, thing. And leading indicators are are maybe number of calls, um, you know, number of leads generated. I've always said with business owners that want to grow their business, if if they're measuring these KPIs, and they may not know them as KPIs, but if they're measuring uh, how many calls they get or how many leads they generate and how many of those convert to opportunities with clients and how many of those opportunities convert to actual work that you're doing. And then you can establish a value of that work that you're doing that if you want to grow, it's just simply a matter of going back upstream Yep. And and determining what you need. If I want to grow 10% and I've been growing at 5%, which means I need to double my growth rate. I know how many leads it took to get there, right? And and just work the numbers backwards. Is that right. is that a method that you use with your clients? That's exactly spot on, Tom. Um, yeah, you start with, if you say you want to be a certain size two years from now, and you start breaking it down into those components that help you get there, um, you have to set those targets, right? You have to know that in order for me to close so many deals, I need to have this many proposals. How long will it take you to do that? And Maybe that proves that you need to hire another salesperson right? In order to achieve those number of calls and it helps you to plan. Right, right. So uh, yeah, you might not have, uh, that then goes to sales capacity, right? Exactly. Uh, a salesperson can handle so much at at one time and, and perhaps you do need more salespeople in order to do that. The sooner you know that, uh, the, the easier it is to plan for that into the future. If you don't know that until it's too late, then you're right. already doing damage to the business, right? Um, now, I, I know that there are literally hundreds, uh, if not thousands of KPIs that a business could manage. And just a little side note, I, I have a client in, um, in Chicago that um, literally they said, oh, yeah, we've got a scorecard. You know, we're keeping track of that. And I, and I went to their management meeting when I first engaged with this client. And Tamara, I'm telling you, there were... Uh, just hundreds and hundreds of KPIs that they were reporting on weekly. I'm going, how, how in the world do you manage all? Of, I mean, these all can't be that important, right, to, to what your business is. So is there a process to determine which ones are the most important for a particular business? You, you, you're, you're making me laugh a little bit, Tom, because you're exactly right. I walk into situations like that all the time. And honestly, you know, I'm not saying that the, those KPIs aren't all important. It's just what level needs to manage to those KPIs, right? 
if you look at a production mid-level manager, they need to manage maybe an hourly production rate, right? But at an executive level, they, they don't need to manage at that level, right? And so what I often do when I engage with a client for the first time is there's lots of industry information. And that can tell you what your counterparts or other players in the market are measuring for their success. Oftentimes, admittedly, those are the lagging um, KPIs. And so you take those and you figure out what are the drivers in my business that's going to make that KPI move. And then we work kind of just like we talked about earlier, you work backwards, right? What makes that needle move? And it's going to be different for each company. It really is an assessment and it's unique. So I encourage my clients to go through that type of the process. And just because a peer is managing, I use a restaurant example, they might be measuring tickets, but they're doing it in a very different way. Um, A fine dining establishment is measuring what they used to call a perfect ticket. How many, does the ticket have an appetizer, a dessert, in addition to the entree and maybe a specialized beverage, right? But a casual dining establishment during lunch is more measuring the tickets for the turn, right? They know it's important for their customers to turn that table quickly and have that expediated service. Um, So just because ticket measurement is an industry KPI, different restaurants are going to manage it different ways. What's important to driving your result? I I served the restaurant industry for years as a technology um, uh, products and services business, and I hadn't heard that term perfect ticket. So you've educated me. (laughs) That's right, because you want an appetizer and, and your entrees and your salads and a dessert right if it, right. And if you have coffee that is just like over the top right <laughs> that is uh, perfect i hadn't really thought about it that way so uh you mentioned that you know you should find industry standards so um this is a little off topic but how do you go about finding industry standards i mean do you guys have tools that can help your clients find those things or or where does where does someone turn to find what is the rest of my industry measuring? We, we do have tools. Um, and when we first meet a business owner, we will give them uh, what we call a, a gap diagnostic report that benchmarks them against the industry um, free of charge, just so they have that information. And that will highlight some of those KPIs that are industry specific. But there's also other sources to get that information. Oftentimes, if you have a really good banking relationship, the banks are looking at this as well when they're underwriting your business, and they're going to have that information. And then lastly, I would also suggest that you go to your industry, um, I guess, meetings or conventions or, you know, every industry has something. And oftentimes, if you read their publication, you can pull out of different articles what people are measuring. Yes. Yeah, that's. I say that industry trade associations are yeah. are among the best typically at this. Yeah. Um, I've I've got a an industry that I do a lot of work with with their uh, members, 
It's the um, uh, retail solution provider. So they provide technology to retail and restaurant um, uh, businesses and their client or their members do, but they do a, just a spectacular job of kind of measuring the entire industry so that when you do surveys in your own business, you can determine kind of how you're benchmarked against the other folks. And I, I'm really surprised at the number of people who, who don't really utilize their trade associations for just that. To me, that is one of the biggest benefits a trade association can provide you is benchmarks around KPIs. Yeah. It's an excellent source, and um, we service so many different industries, and when I'm trying to learn an industry that maybe I haven't touched in a while, I that's the first place I go, in addition to our own tool, is you know, what's, the, what's the trade saying? You know, what are the publications saying? Um, that's one thing that's important about KPIs. They do evolve over time. Oh. And I think living through COVID, right, we've learned yeah. that yeah. Um, you got to always be looking at your KPI versus your goal and what you're measuring. So when you're you're, right, you're absolutely right. And frankly, if you're kind of setting targets, the target may move because of changes in the industry, right? I mean, as uh, you know, I I used to be uh, one of those, uh, hey, what do you, what happens if something happens that you don't expect? But now I have the example of COVID, right? Because now everybody understands that. What, what do you mean when I don't expect something? Well, let's talk about COVID for a minute. How did that impact your business? Uh, and that may move some of your KPIs. So before we take a quick break, um, when you're determining your KPIs uh, and kind of setting up the scorecard, which we're going to talk about a little bit after the break, Um, should you include both leading and lagging indicators on your scorecard? Absolutely. Um, It's important to have a good mix of both. Uh, If you don't have the leading indicators, you're going to wake up and realize that you missed your goal on the lagging indicators. And you don't want to, you don't want to have that happen. So it's, it's always smart to know um, what the key drivers are. And if you think about an executive scorecard, what is most important, and if you look at EOS as an example for an operating system, you know they say if you're sitting on a beach, what are those top five to eight things that you need to know to know that your business is is running good while you're on the beach, right? That's awesome. Well, we're going to talk about the scorecard uh, in just a few minutes. We're gonna we're talking with Tamara Jones, and we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in thirty seconds. Every business will eventually transition some internally to employees and managers, and some externally to third-party buyers. Mastery Partners equips business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their businesses on their terms using our four-step process. We start with a snapshot of where your business is today. Then we help you understand where you want to be and design a custom strategy to get you there. Next, we help you execute that strategy with the assistance of our amazing resource network. And ultimately, you'll be able to transition your business on your terms. What are you waiting for? More time? More revenue? If you want to maximize your business value, it takes time. Now is that time. Get started today by checking us out at www.masterypartners.com or email us at info at masterypartners.com to learn more. We're back with Tamara Jones, a partner with B2B CFO, and we're talking about 
key performance indicators and why every business should have them and use them. So uh, before the break, we were talking about kind of the um, uh, leading, lagging indicators and those kind of things. Is it enough to just determine what you should measure or should you also set targets for each of your KPIs in order to ensure optimal performance? You absolutely need to have targets because it's like having going somewhere without having a map or knowing your destination, right? Um, so everybody's heard of SMART goals. So you need to make sure that it is a SMART KPI. And specifically, I'm focusing on the measurement of that. Um, you have to pick things that you know you can measure today. Um, you don't want your conversations at the executive level to be over the integrity of the measurement. You want it to be focused on how to improve that measurement result. Um, so smart. you mentioned SMART goals. They are uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. So they've got to have a time. And so I'm a big fan of, of setting SMART goals. So it's not enough to just say, how many leads are we getting on a weekly basis? But if you're, what I'm hearing from you, Tamara, is that if you know, if you've already kind of done the math and you know how many leads you need in -hmm. order to get achieve the business goal you want to achieve so that your lagging indicators will be where you want them to be, then it's, all right, well, our target for the week is this many. And if that's 50 or 500 or whatever that number is, you can see week to week how you're comparing against what the target is. Is that right? That's exactly right, Tom. Spot on again. Um, we talked about that earlier in this podcast that you know you start with the end goal in mind and then you work backwards, right? Part of that working backwards is establishing what those measurements are going to be. Um, and those measurements might scale over time, right? Um, you might know that you're starting smaller. Let's say, you know, you're going to do 50 calls a day or a week, but you're going to ramp up over time to 100 calls per day, per week, let's say six months from now, um, so that you can see that evolution of growth in the business. And you may not have capacity to do a hundred calls. Maybe you exactly. need to hire a, a sales rep in order to be able to do that, or a, that second or a sales rep, or yeah. some other technology tool to help you reach those those goals. Yep. Exactly. Now, I know you you do this, and we've already used the word scorecard. We recommend that our clients set up a scorecard to track and measure their KPIs, and we say to do it weekly, right? Because the more frequent you can look at it, the the more you can make those adjustments to, to impact the outcome. Now, we didn't make this up. We borrowed kind of the scorecard concept. There's a lot of different places that talk about it, but one of our favorites and something you've already mentioned is the Entrepreneurial Operating System or EOS as described in uh, Gino Whitman's book, Traction. So how frequently should a business really be measuring and reporting on their KPIs? I, I agree that at an executive level, weekly is the right time period for that. Um, but as you work your way down, everybody in the business should have a number, right, that they're trying to achieve. And some of those numbers could be hourly and some of those numbers could be daily. Um, I have a, 
I have a landscape company that I work with, and it's really important for them to manage that labor and their overtime percent weekly if they're going to achieve their gross margin percent. And so they actually look at other indicators daily so they can course correct during that week um, to make sure that they're achieving the overtime percentage that they've baked into their numbers. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Some of them should be probably maintained mm-hmm. daily. You know, I will tell you a great example of kind of a daily KPI for me in all of my businesses. And our listeners know that I have bought or sold a hundred businesses in my career. Uh, and uh, one of the big numbers that I look at every day is cash. Yeah. I want to know where our cash is. Right. And so I want to know and baked into that, I want to know how much cash we have available for use. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the bank right now, I want to know what our AR looks like. I want to know what our AP looks like so that I can predict. And I want to know where, when payroll is coming payroll. Yeah. so that I can predict when I'm going to need to use that cash. And the long running joke at, at uh, my last business was, before my key went in my door, our CFO was to hand me a slip to tell me what our daily cash was. Uh, and and I mean, it wasn't that, but that was kind of the long running joke. Uh, but it was right. I mean, within within minutes of arriving, I wanted to know what what's happened with our cash, right? And are we are we uh, going according to to the way we predicted it? Am I going to need to increase my line of credit in order to uh, solve a problem? Uh, you know that that I can see on the horizon. But if you don't predict cash and you don't think about where your cash is, that's probably the number one reason why most businesses go out of business is they don't plan for cash and then suddenly they're mm-hmm. hit with something they don't expect. Right. Um, so now the I other can thing- tell you, Tom, that that, that um, I would say over 50% of the business owners that I meet and not and engage with do exactly what you do, right? They, they want to know those exact same numbers that you just quoted relative to manage their business. Cash is king and people know cash, right? Um, and one of the things that we make sure that we do to help that is, is that 90-day rolling forecast. So you have that, that look out um, because some things only get paid quarterly. If you're one of the fortunate ones that only have to pay sales tax quarterly, for example, and you need to know when those big things are going to hit. Yeah, that's well, and I didn't I didn't give the rest of the tape, but you that was a great lead and you're a great straight person for me there, Tamara. We we actually had a cash forecast that ran out 36 months. We were we were three years because well you think about the the complexity of our business. Um, we were doing it, we were highly acquisitive, so we were buying lots of companies. Well, I had big lumpy payments coming quarter after quarter after quarter to pay off some of that debt, right? And so if I didn't know that that's coming and suddenly I get hit with payroll, a huge AP, and and I've got to make some quarterly payments, well, it's too late to do something about that if you find out when that's happening. But I could predict that in advance to know whether or not I needed to go um, uh, borrow additional capital from the bank or or raise additional capital with our investors. Uh, And I could predict that a year in advance, uh, two years in advance, and we could track to that so that we would know. It's so important to kind of understand. So a 90-day forecast at minimum in any business to really understand where your cash is going. And I wanted to revisit one more 
uh, component. You mentioned that, you know, at all levels in the organization, and I think you're right, all levels in the organization, everybody has a number. Everybody's managing to a number. Uh, and but in your executive level, you don't need to know all those numbers. Uh, now you can drill into the detail if you want to. So what I did in my last company, I had a number of departments uh, and a number of business units. So departments within those business units, and then uh, overall. And so in our weekly management meeting, everybody was reporting on two or three of the most important KPIs that we knew were the drivers in our business. And if we saw, now they may be, say, a support manager. He's not only tracking, you know, time to resolution, you know, how many rings before we answer, uh, you know, who's taking more calls, uh, who, you know, the severity of the call. I mean, we know all this stuff, but all I wanted to know from him, you know, were a couple of things. And if we saw something vary in the two or three numbers that he was reporting to us, the executive level, we could always drill into the detail to find out if there was a bigger problem. So, so um, when I talked about that client who was measuring hundreds and hundreds, it's okay as you get down the line because there might be numbers that that are important to manage a department. But at the executive level, I, I say I used to boil it down to maybe a dozen things that I wanted to know every week that would be the the drivers in my business. Is that too many or too few? I would say that that's the the, the right number, right? You don't want too many because then you can't manage them all. Um, so. I would say, you know, a good rule of thumb and what I see is anywhere from, you know, eight to, I would say a max 15 is what I've seen. And I would, that's probably pushing it. Got it. Got it. Excellent. Well, you have given us a great education on KPIs. And, and frankly, I think you and I could probably talk about this uh, forever. <laughs> but, but, but but before we do, uh, one last question, because I, I am, I think, very highly of your organization of B2B CFO and, and the folks, and specifically the partners in it. I mean, there are some really great folks uh, who do some great work there. So, so before we go, let me give you an opportunity to commercialize. What sets you and B2B CFO apart from other financial consulting firms and other uh, strategic consulting firms? I would say one of the the key drivers for that is we oftentimes are strategic advisors for our clients for many, many years. I was just talking with a fellow partner on Saturday, as a matter of fact, who has had the same um, client that he started with 17 years ago. Um, as, you know, just the strategic voice to help that business owner think through things. And so what you get with B2B CFO is that trusted advisor that you can rely on. We do all of our own work. Um, We might tap into your staff, or if you have a hole in your staff, help you find the right person. But we don't have a bunch of people that we're trying to put to work to help do some of the other controller level work. We really are your partner and your strategic trusted advisor. That that is awesome. And you know, you you bring that up. Controller, we talk about, you know, as I think about kind of the accounting and finance uh, functions in a business, um, so many times business owners think, well, I've got this great 
you know, accounting person that that is really a controller, and they're not operating as a as a CFO. It's um, I, I would really challenge any business owner that that doesn't have a CFO level person. And this is a person that is helping you think strategically about the future of your business and how your finances impact uh, that future. Then you can always find a firm like B2B CFO and find a fractional uh, person that, that costs just a piece of what a full-time you know, CFO. If you think about uh, uh, needing a full-time CFO, perhaps you can't afford that. But I would argue that most businesses could could really benefit from having a fractional uh, person who's really focused on that forward thinking piece of finance, not just keeping score on what happened. Right? Does that? That's exactly right, Tom. Um, every every business needs a CFO at the end of the day. Um, it's right. just what they can readily afford um, to 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 handle at the any given point in time, but. You know, I would say that a lot of our clients, you know, we only meet, might meet with once a quarter, but I have other clients that I'm with them every week Yeah, because um, we're working on some really big things for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the model. So one last business question here. This podcast is all about maximizing business value. So Tamara, you've been in business a long time. You've you've been the CEO of a business. You you've been helping folks. What is the one most important thing you recommend business owners do to build value in their business? Well, this is going to sound a little bit repetitive, but you have to know where you're going and set that goal. Um, even for me as a partner of the firm, I set goals for what I want to do every year and I have it posted on my wall. And you know, oftentimes having it in front of you helps you focus on it and achieve it. Without the goal, where you don't really know where you're going. Well, it's like running a marathon that doesn't have an ending line. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And even if your goal for some of these, the, the people that you work with, Tom, is to die at your desk, right? They're not looking for that exit necessarily. The question is, what do you want to have happen with your employees and your family? Yep. And then you're planning for that, right? Yep. Well, that's it. I, I ask all the time. That's one of my favorite questions to ask business owners. What happens to your family and your business if something happens to you? Right. And and there are lots of, look, I know lots of, you know, aging baby boomers. I'm a baby boomer myself, just because I said aging doesn't mean anything, right? And so I know lots of aging baby boomers that really just can't imagine uh, exiting their business. And they know that, well, I'm just going to probably die behind my desk. That's fine. That is an exit strategy, by the way, right? But what are you leaving to, to your heirs and to your business, to your customers, to your suppliers, to your family. Uh, and doesn't it make sense to plan for those things in advance? Boy, it's like a commercial for, for what we do here at Mastery Partners. That's perfect. I love that. Uh, so, But I can't let you get away without asking my bonus question because everybody listens to our podcast because they want to hear the answer to this. My bonus question for you is, what personality trait has gotten you into the most trouble over the years, Tamara? I would say being my curiosity um, got me in trouble early on because I kept digging into things that I was told weren't in my purview. 
early in my career. And when you start in big firms, uh, I started at Deloitte years ago. Um, you have a limited amount of time to get that audit complete and, you know, don't go, don't go down that path. You don't have time to do it. Um, so I used to get my hands slapped, but I also attribute that to my success. I'm surprised that, you know, the school, you know, we all grow up in the school system that tries to beat the curiosity right out of us. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love curiosity. And I ask, you know, I tell our clients or our prospective clients when we get on the phone, I just ask, I apologize for asking all these questions. I just, I just have a lot of questions. You know, I, yeah. I can't learn anything if I'm, if I'm doing all the talking. So how can our viewers and listeners get in touch with you? The best way is to go to our website, which is www.b2bcfo.com. Um, and then you can put my name in and get in contact with me there. Um, but also I always answer my phone and that number is 214. 214- Thank you, Tamara. You have been a wonderful guest and you have really educated our listeners on the value of KPIs. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Now you can find Tamara Jones at B2, the number two, B2BCFO.com or on LinkedIn. And of course, you can always reach out to me and I will be happy to make a warm introduction to my good friend. This is the Maximize Business Value podcast, where we give practical advice to business owners on how to build long-term sustainable value in your business. Be sure to tune in each week and follow us wherever you found this podcast. That way you'll never miss an episode. So until next time, I'm Tom Bronson, reminding you to really think about, determine your KPIs, and then relentlessly manage them while you maximize business value. Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Bronson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their terms. Learn more on how to build long-term sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website, www.masterypartners.com. That's master with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out. That was perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.